Don't Wreck Yourself features words and situations that are not appropriate for young listeners. This show is only for adults and unsupervised juvenile delinquents of exquisite taste and refinement. Each week, Matt and Ryan look into claims they find online, answer your questions, and say bad words! Now your way is the only way, and my way is the only way to Fill the space between a hard place and a rock is all we do but we'll entertain the conversation that leads us to the truth. What do we know? What trips to telephones that are no different to you. Welcome to Don't Wreck Yourself. My name's Ryan Placetti, and I am this podcast's fortunate son. <laughs> and I'm Matt St. Singh, and I went skydiving recently, Ryan. I can't wait to talk about it. I've been telling everyone I know. Oh. Okay. So I went skydiving. I mean, um, have you have you done it? And would you ever do it? I haven't. I was I was hoping that we would cover some of your misfortunes before we started with the adventures. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, so I, 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 I I see your uh, I see your skydiving foray as kind of like a, a cherry on top of a pile of shit. Well, so I went skydiving before the pile of shit happened. So it's really underneath. You got you to so eat you gotta- that shit first before you get to the good. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but no, I, you know, I, I went down to North Carolina and I went skydiving with friends of the show, Lauren Castle. It was Lauren's birthday. We, we surprised. And this is the kind of like person Lauren is like. Uh, I needed, you know, I knew I was going skydiving like a month and a half in advance, right? And so I was looking at videos, I was doing research, and Lauren's the kind of person where her spouse can be like, oh, by the way, we're going skydiving this weekend, and Lauren's reaction was, oh, fuck yeah. I would have needed like 14 therapists, or like, I, 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 I would not have been able to do that, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> well, I'm glad you have friends that drive you to do things that are uncomfortable. It was awesome. I would, I, anyone out there who is thinking about going skydiving, you absolutely should do it. It, 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 It's, I mean, it was pretty life-changing. I would say it it was as close to a spiritual experience I've had without psychedelics. So it's, you know, it's, um, it's pretty fun. Well, I've never gone skydiving. I would be willing to try it. It's not on my bucket list though, but now that we've eaten the cherry at the bottom of this pile of shit, why don't you tell us what that shit tastes like, Matt? Yeah. So like, a little over a week and a half ago, I guess the timing doesn't matter as a podcast. People can listen to it whenever. But my mom recently lost my dog, like the the one of my daughters, right? Um, that bitch. It, it was horrible. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's my mother you're talking about. Well, actually, no, I, got, I was talking. I was talking about peaches, <laughs> which she is. She is actually not spayed, and that was that that came up during the adventure. No. So yeah, like I had just got done telling Elisa's parents about how I went skydiving. We were, they came for a visit. We were in Frederick, Maryland, charming town. We left my mom, excuse me. We left my dog with my mom, get a phone call like three hours after I left, I left uh, peaches or my, or Corgi. And my mom says, I'm going to ruin your weekend. I lost the dog. And I was an hour away at a bar, put the beer down, immediately get in an Uber, go 85 miles an hour on a highway without my driver's license in my wallet. <laughs> I fucking left it in an Uber. And I, I, I spent a little over eight days. We spent a little over eight days trying to find our little Corgi peaches. And it was a fucking roller coaster. I know I was following it third hand. There was not really a whole lot that I could do to help other than as provide- is tradition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot like this podcast. <laughs> This is what I'll say to anyone that 
loses an, a dog is uh, Peaches did not have her collar on. She slipped out of her collar and her harness. We do not have her microchipped. She is not fixed. Like all of the wrong categories, we were hitting all of them. And guess what? It didn't fucking matter at all because all, all it took was some guy in a Denny's parking lot to scoop her up and drop her off at a shelter. So it took eight days. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was so relieved when I found out that you got her back because I know there had been some sightings and I was very seriously worried about the quality of our podcast moving forward in a post peaches world. Well, honestly, I mean, yeah, we found her like like 12 hours before we recorded a podcast. And that was the one where we had Shane on where I'm like, look, worst case scenario, Shane can just, you know, fill my foot, fill, fill my shoes, fill my footsteps. He can just, you know, fill, fill. I have very large shoes to fill or maybe he did. I don't know the expression. Either way, we found peaches the day before uh, and the podcast turned out awesome, uh, as as all of ours do. But it was absolutely a stressful time. Uh, yeah. Diving was not nearly as stressful as losing my dog. I'll say that right now. Well, you know what they say about guys with big shoes to fill. They got uh, big socks to fill, too. I don't know. What's the what's the what's the, what's the saying? I'm pretty sure John Hamm wears size 15 loafers. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of our podcast talks about things falling from the sky. Uh, I went skydiving and peaches slipped through my fingers for about a little over a week. But I do have one thing before we move on here. I have some listener feedback that you don't know about. I'm, I'm sorry, but I believe there were. Two scoops of shit in your happy helping this morning. Oh, like the one I'm going through right now? Yes, the one you're going through right now, which, by the way, for those of you who have noticed, uh, there is a difference in our audio quality this week. Not necessarily. I think it's going to sound okay. Yeah. But right right now, uh, Matt, tell them your recording situation and apologize to Elise at the same time. Uh, I am inside a Red Roof Inn in Charlottesville, Virginia, and I'm fucking stranded. Basically, this is what happened. This is the Reader's Digest version. And uh, my girlfriend and my Corgi are both laying on this. Uh, king bed. Uh, she's waving. Um, she's waving to the listeners too, you guys. So there you go. So yeah, I rented a car through Turo, T-U-R-O. Have you ever done this? It's essentially the Airbnb for cars, right? I haven't, but I, I, I would like to point out that I could hear a siren going on in the background, which just tells me that they're following you, Matt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, this is, uh, I'm in Charlottesville, Virginia, and it's like, the first uh, college football game in two years for UVA. So the town's going, fuck, it, it, it is lit. It is lit. But I, I rented this Turo, which essentially is an Airbnb for cars, right? I, I went to go pick it up at a, at a parking lot and it's like, and it's Sean's car. Sean's like, hey man, here you go. You fit, it's a rental agreement. I'm covered. Everything's fine. You know, I wasn't really going to tell everyone what really happened, but I'll tell you, this is what, this is what actually happened is. Oh, okay. good. We're going walking for a park. And we went back to the car and we were literally talking about going to a winery because there's like 40 of them around here. Right. Uh And so we're like, all right, sounds great. I opened the car door and I hit the car door in my mouth, just like hard. My mouth is bleeding. Right. And it just shooting pain all around my lip and my jaw. I'm worried I knocked a two sleuth. I go walk away. I take the car cup up and I just fucking smash it on the ground because my fucking mouth hurts so bad. And I just had to like get it out. Right. Oh, okay. That seems reasonable. So I destroyed the car fob and now I can't get it. Now I can't get the car to start. So I called, I called Sean about it. Guy. Well, if it isn't the consequences of my own actions, 100%. No, I mean, uh, you know, there's a lot of things at play here. For one, he only the, the, the owner only has one set of keys. If he had another set of keys, it would not be a problem with me destroying one in a, in a fit of anger. 
Number two, I, mean, I, think there, I think there would still be a problem with you destroying his keys in a fit of anger. It would be a lot less expensive one. I'll tell you that right now. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I contacted the Mazda dealership in town. The only one. They're fucking pieces of shit. Uh, they're like, we're not helping us at all. So I'm getting I'm actually supposed to pick it up today. These like two blank key fobs that uh, are being delivered today that on, I have to wait till Tuesday after Labor Day to uh, get, get his locksmith to program him so I can drive the car back to the rightful owner and just go on with my life. But I'm essentially stranded in gorgeous Albemarle County, Virginia, for like three or four extra days. Yeah, I've spent some time in Charlottesville. Uh, I, I've even I've only been to one winery there. I was actually there. Uh, a mutual friend of ours has deep roots in the area and his one of his family friends is a vintner. Oh. And so I got to go to this guy's 50th birthday party and they had some, you know, they, they opened a lot of special bottles that night and it was awesome. really cool. You know, there's a lot of uh, wineries around here, including one owned by Eric Trump, Trump winery. Uh, oh, you should go. Absolutely not. No, no one should go. No one should go. There's no reason why anyone should go to Trump winery unless I would talk about eating shit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you eat a shit, you take a shit. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Uh, it's like, take a penny, leave a penny. Yeah. But I'll say this right now. It is way less stressful. Everything I'm going through now is way less stressful that I because I have my dog with me. It's, if, if Peaches was still missing, it would have been like way worse. But um, we're going to get through this. It just sucks. And it is the consequences of my own actions. And I'll tell you this right now. I will never do that again. And also, the next time I run a Turo, I'm going to make sure the guy has two fucking sets of keys. <laughs> just just in case you're just in case you you go into a barbarian berserker rage again. Yeah, yeah. just in case I, you know, honestly, maybe I shouldn't be telling the podcasters. This sounds it's like something I should be telling my psychiatrist. Like I <laughs> destroyed something, you know, but I'm glad we could laugh about my current misery and my adventurous skydiving. So, uh, but talking about things falling through the sky here, uh, I do have some listener feedback and it's something I kept from you. And I did it on purpose because it's something you got wrong. And I love this opportunity to overload it. Just like you were being a dick to me last week. Wait, wait can I like I I, I I keep track of when I get things wrong. So like sometimes like uh, Vanuatu, I, I introduced it as being near or part of Papua New Guinea. It's not that close to Papua New Guinea. It's kind of to the southeast. Now I'm just listing off things that I know that I got wrong on the podcast. <laughs> well, here's one you don't. <laughs> OK, <laughs> so uh, in episode 21, we were talking about Sister Maria, the Sicilian nun who was supposedly possessed by the devil. You mentioned that the river Styx is the river where uh, the dead would drink from and lose their memory. That is not the river Styx. That is the river Lethe, uh, a completely different river in Greek mythology. And I was told this by Maurice's spouse, Diana, and I fact-checked it. You can look at it. I see you typing right now. I guarantee you it's it's 100% true. Uh, but uh, I really, you know, I didn't want to go any further without calling you out. So <laughs> that's why we're here. You can just like save time by believing me because I did the research. <laughs> I was like, oh, really? And uh, it was actually when I was on my way to skydiving is when Diana was texting me this. And I'm like, oh, I, I got there, this. There are much bigger implications here. Because if I got it wrong on the podcast, that means I that, that means we also got it wrong in the Malibu Road script. Oh, shit. Well, we should we should we should uh, we should uh, fact check Malibu Roads. It'd be the craziest, you know, yeah. So for those uh, for those of our listeners and like as of right now, I think our listeners are mostly our friends and family. So for those of Matt's friends and family that I do not know. Yeah. Uh, I, people I work with, too. I wrote 
uh, for a project called Malibu Road. It is a feature length film that is complete and they are in the process of seeking distribution and have been in the process of seeking distribution for, for several years, years now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there is a line in there about drinking from the river sticks and forgetting. That said, I am not 100% sure that I wrote that line. Are you, did it make it in the film? Is it still? Oh, it, it is. It is 100%. It's in the, it's in the fucking trailer, I think. <laughs> well, um, wow. This is crazy implications that I did not, you know, but I, I'll, I'll tell you this right now. I love every minute of this right now. It's like, it's like pretty funny. I think, I, I think it's pretty funny. I believe you had a topic about something else falling from the sky beyond you falling from the sky and my fall from grace. <laughs> my toppled, my toppled ego. This is a topic that comes from r slash no stupid questions. Uh, and if, it, now, if, if yes, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but that is a place on the internet, specifically the Reddit website, where there are through some sort of arcane magic, uh, a complete and utter absence of uh, stupid questions, which everywhere else are endemic. I think it's through alchemy is how they get it done. This is the only part of the internet. It's literally the only part of the internet where that's not stupid. So, <laughs> but no, well, this question comes from Phoenix 2190 who asks, how do baby bats not fall to their death after being born? And me being the perpetual animal lover and a fact checker extraordinaire, I decided when you say, when you say animal lover, you yeah. like, is this like a, Eros thing or a platonic thing? It's not a bestiality situation. It's like a, it's like a, you're you're from Florida and Wisconsin. <laughs> I have to ask. No, yeah, um, yeah, Wisconsin, where the men are men and the sheep are afraid, right? The cows are afraid. No, yeah, um, I have never experienced. I've never forayed into the waters of bestiality, but you know, Justin Bieber said, "Never say never." So you know, no, I'm I'm just kidding. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> I'm not trying to fuck animals, uh, least of which a bat, by the way. The, the question here kind of goes back towards, you know, um, it's assuming that, that bats are born upside down. That's the first claim. So are bats born upside down? And the answer to that is absolutely yes. What? Female bats give birth to young while hanging upside down, right? They then catch and place the, the batling into their pouches for safety. So the first act of motherly... Of, of motherhood is to save their, their, their offspring from certain death to catch them in the wings. Right. This, this is easily the most pointed example of survival of the fittest I have ever heard. I was just going to say that. I think, um, I think what I well, would say, I, I, I said it first. Well, um, I thought it first and <laughs> I, I, called, I called it in my head already. This reminds me of those YouTube videos where you see like a child in certain peril and then like the dad reaches out and grabs the kid before it falls. And it's just like, that's how that's Darwinism at work. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it is literally where it's, it's about getting your genes into the next generation. And if you fuck up, you don't get your genes the next generation. They don't get, they don't get to, to go on. That's also the subtitle or the tagline for sugardaddy.com. <laughs> I think the uh, I, I think the actual site is called like seeking sinking an arrangement or something like that. Sinking an arrangement sounds dirty. Seeking seeking an arrangement. Gotcha. Okay. It's okay. for people seeking 
a sugar daddy, sugar baby relationship. A uh, sugar bat, sugar daddy relationship. <laughs> no, so it's so the answer to to answer Phoenix's question is how do they how do baby bats not fall to their death? Their mom catches them. It's like how does Tom Brady win so many Super Bowls? His receivers catches passes. Oh, I was going to say his mother's catches them. As well. <laughs> his catches them. No, so there are over fourteen hundred species of bats worldwide, which kind of blew my mind. They're found on every single part of the earth except for extreme deserts and uh, the poles. Okay. They live in colonies with hundreds or even thousands. But uh, one of, I think, the most interesting uh, places where bats are housed is the University of Florida. Uh, uh, well, that that's weird because a lot of people in Florida actually live on the poles. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. That's... <laughs> uh, it, it, they've spent a lot of time sitting on the poles is what I would say, right? I'd say a lot of a lot of University of Florida students, probably go go Gators. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> get them silly Gators. The University of Florida has the world's largest occupied bat houses. Uh, Fifteen to twenty minutes after sunset, you can witness. I mean, thousands of bats emerging from these multiple houses. I've been there once, uh, and it's awesome. Like you just see like thousands of bats go overhead of you, hoping that one doesn't shit. Or a thousands don't shit on you. Uh, they don't attack or harm viewers, and it's actually like a sight to be seen. Beware of falling urine and guano, and we all have Ace Ventura to think for guano. Everyone knows what guano is because of Jim Carrey's Ace Ventura. I knew what it was because I was smart. I knew it because of Ace Ventura. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you're you're standing there. You 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 watch all the bats come out of the University of Florida's giant bat house. Uh, you you punch a bank robber in the face. Call Commissioner <laughs> Gordon. You don't kill him. You don't kill him. Yeah, exactly. never, never. We learned that last week. Thanks, Shane. Yeah. So um, bats, you know, I think I was talking to someone recently about bats and how I was going to talk about the podcast and they were like, oh, I hate bats. And I'm like, what? And I, I think we should preserve the species of the 1400 different species of bats, if only because it is the only mammal that flies. I think that alone, it makes it super cool. No other mammal flies except for us when we, you know, we're, we're, we're doing it against God's and nature's law when we do it, right? Bats are doing it naturally. All right. Well, I, I guess we're not counting. We're, we're calling sugar, uh, sugar gliders bullshit, but that's okay. It is bullshit. They, they glide. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, exactly. They're not, they don't have the, they don't, they can't, I'm, I'm like flapping my wings right now, but they don't have the ability to do this. They, they can't do the chicken dance, right? <laughs> Yet. You said they, they can't do it yet, but as soon as they figure out how to catch those fucking babies... It's on. As soon as the right sugar glider gets their genes to the next generation, we'll have, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll have this. No, um, but I think a, a few other things that blew my mind about bats giving birth is uh, they're one of the slowest reproducing animals in the world. They often produce just one offspring a year, but the baby weighs up to one third of the mother's weight. So imagine having a 40 pound baby for like, you know, a lot of women in this country, maybe 50 pounds, right? I'm not here to talk about women's weight, but I'm here to talk about bat women's weight, you know? Oh, okay. Well, why don't you dig that hole a little bit deeper, Matt? Um, yeah. You know, now that I've talked about the weight of pregnant women, I think it's a good time to move on. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is like, this is not a, this is not something I want to touch with a 10 foot pole. Oh, I'm sorry. I do have one more thing and this is actually worth it is uh male diac fruit bats. They actually have the ability to breastfeed and they, they, it's kind of a, it's kind of a biological anomaly. Scientists don't know this. Don't know why they're able to do this, but the, the males do breastfeed. And I think it's the only example of this on earth that um, that I could find on the Internet. <laughs> but anyway, Which, well, that's not true because human men can breastfeed with some ergonomic adaptations that you can purchase on the Internet. 
Oh, you mean like, it, but it's like the, it's like the not natural. It's like us flying in airplanes versus the bat that can fly inherently. It's like using yeah. technology to do it. I gotcha. Exactly. Um, but I think I wanted to move on. And, and if you're, if you're okay with that, 100%, 100%. All right. I, I was on Facebook the other day. And as you know, Facebook is full of people offering life advice. Yeah, like our grandparents and people. (laughs) So somebody I know shared a meme. It's it's somebody else's. It's a public Facebook post from a woman called Christy Hall. Admittedly, I did not do any background research. I don't know who this Christy Hall person is, but it's a picture of a slick looking man in a blue business suit. Yeah. Carrying a briefcase. It's juxtaposed next to a man. Uh, wearing a reflective vest and a hard hat. And the text of the post basically says that here's a lawyer with $250,000 in student loans. He earns $130,000 annually. Then the guy on the right is described as an electric lineman. He owes zero in student loans and he earns $160,000 annually. And then the takeaway is right there at the bottom. It says, teach your kids about skilled trades and alternatives options or teach your kids about skilled trades and alternative options to make good income and have low debt. It's not about having a degree. Uh, Okay. First reaction here. Uh, I definitely see this lawyer looks like he would be someone who would sue the construction worker for dropping a hammer on the work job or something. (laughs) Just looks like a piece of shit. The lawyer only owes $250,000 in student loans. It seems kind of low for the, the, the lawyers that I know often complain about their student loans. Um, and you're kind of just throwing a bunch of numbers out here. Uh, do electric linemen, do they earn that much money? And like without being like several bosses rungs up ahead, you know what I'm saying? As, now, I I work in an industry where I deal with electricians and I am reasonably certain they're not making $160,000 annually. And Indeed.com backs me up. Okay. So there's a couple things to keep in mind. There are... Union jobs and non-union jobs, union jobs tend to pay more. And I think the first thing that we should really tackle here is not just the average base salary for a lineman in the United States is $53,769 overtime pay. So you're, you're looking at a salary of about $60,000 a year, which is about half of what that meme is putting out there. It's less than half. It's, 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 it's 160,000. It's, it's less than half. But if you look at like a journeyman uh, lineman, it's a little bit more. And, and that's the difference between an apprentice and a journeyman, which are trade terminology specifically used around unions. Absolutely. Uh, there are there are professional certifications where you can go from apprentice to journeyman to master. Uh, that master electrician uh, is typically going to make about 10,000 more than the journeyman. Uh, I saw a couple different uh, salaries for, for linemen, but the, the, I think it's fair to say that uh, $72,000 is probably about right. So I guess the question then is how many, like if you get into a management position, are, are you, are you knocking on the door of 160 K a year in this field? It doesn't appear so. Like I, I, I would say the only way you're making 160 K a year is if you're running your own electrical contracting company that's servicing power lines. It's if you, it's if you're, if you're the lawyer for the construction company, you're probably making that much money. <laughs> Uh, lawyers in the United States on average. So the average salary of a lawyer is going to be uh, as with any job is going to vary depending on where you live. But the average salary in the United States is about 72,000 per year. That's the average of all lawyers. That's the average like base, basic bottom bitch at a law firm or independent (laughs) practice. 
Now, they also show 119,000 per year, so it's probably somewhere in, in that range. It's probably around 100, you know, it's a six figure job. It's about 100,000 a year. So uh, I think the central message of this, we're kind of, we're, we're talking about the numbers here, but I think definitely yeah. the, central, the central message is that just because you are educated uh, and have maybe have certifications does not necessarily mean you will have a better life next to someone who has, quote, a lower skill position. Uh, right. And I think that absolutely is, you know, 100% true. As someone who has a terminal master's degree from a state school, a plumber can go to, you know, a trade school and, and walk out and make a pretty good living, right? Uh, oh, yeah. So it, it, I think that's like the central message of, of the, the screen. Yeah. So odds are, if you're if you're a lineman, uh, you're, you're probably going to make somewhere between 50 and 80K a year, depending on where you're at. Now, that said, I do want to tackle a couple things in here. Uh, it says he works as an electric lineman. He owes zero in student loans and he earns 160000 annually. Well, this isn't medieval fucking Europe. This isn't, <laughs> you're, you're, you're not you're you're not you're not wandering into a fucking tiny village in Faerun and looking for the dwarf blacksmith and asking for an apprenticeship. It's an apprenticeship yeah. is a formal business arrangement where you are actually performing labor. And that's not necessarily free. Now, I did a little bit of research. Uh, there are linemen schools where they will teach you how to be a lineman and it takes about 15 weeks. It is not free because schools are generally not free. Uh, what alignment? Is that someone who's putting up power lines? Is that what this is? Is repairing power lines. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Or, or installing power lines, basically doing electrical work up in the air. So there's linemen, there's groundmen. Your regular electrician is making about 55 grand a year plus OT. Uh, your lineman's making 53,000 a year. And then your journeyman's making and masters are making a little bit more. And those that's probably because of union wages being associated with those titles. Gotcha. Now, what I find uh, now, the lineman school cost about eleven thousand dollars. So So that's that's about equivalent to a semester or a year of in-state tuition. Uh, I know I went to college. What? At this point, 13 years ago, 12 years ago. Jesus. So. I, I know, right? <laughs> so I know costs have gone up, but I think there's another factor that they're missing here. So the other thing you have to keep in mind with linemen is it's one of the top five dangerous jobs in the United States. It's right up there with all the other shit on the Discovery Channel. <laughs> <laughs> the deadliest catch in the chainsaw wielding Pacific Northwestern. People. Exactly. Keep in mind, uh, these guys are working probably about 30 feet up in the air in a bucket on top of a lift, managing high voltage connection. So the possibility of falling or electrocution or even worse, arc flash, exploding transformers. There are so many ways that an electrical lineman can die that you have to account for that when you're weighing these jobs against each other. When you describe that, it sounds like one hundred and sixty thousand dollars is they're getting a deal for someone who has to deal with all of that. And as you said, the average line electric lineman does not make anywhere near this. Right. So right. that is an intrinsic value that's kind of hard to put a, a price on, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think that probably the most dangerous thing that could happen to this lawyer at his job is getting taken out to the Jersey Pine Barrens. This guy definitely looks like a guy who would get Adrianed in like a, uh, <laughs> a, a mafia situation. He just looks skeezy. I'm sorry. I hope this is not like a, a we're going to get like shit from like the anti from the Italian defamation league or something like that. Yeah. And I will send them back. Uh. I'll send them back a strongly worded response on my letterhead with my name in bold print. <laughs> uh, and, and the thing is, that didn't stop them from uh, harassing James Gandolfini either. So I, I, so re- I stand, rest in peace. 
Speaking of, speaking of unions and rats, I believe we have one more topic that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, so it's uh, a great segue, by the way. But I, I, I came across an NPR article. It, it's, it's pretty wild. It's uh, how a beloved giant rat won a, a free speech rights. And I am, you know, I'm interested in social problems. I'm interested in free speech. And you, you put inflatable rat on there, and it's just like a, it's like a Matt Bingo. Where it's, it's a, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> jackpot, right? Um, let's talk a little bit about this giant inflatable rat. I've actually seen one of these around Washington, D.C. I think the last time I saw this giant inflatable rat uh, was near the uh, HUD building, uh, housing and urban development uh, in, in downtown uh, D.C. And and what it is, it's, it's this giant rat called Scabby. And it's a 12 foot tall inflatable rat. It has pointy teeth, red eyes, and like oozing pus filled scabs coming out of its belly. It's kind of gross. Uh, a scab, of course, is a person who works during an ongoing labor dispute or uh, a strike. It comes from the uh, the word strike breaker, uh, also known as a knob stick, which I think is a very Gordon Ramsay way of describing uh, a scab. Right. And it's like, yeah, sounds like someone who overcooked a short rib or some shit like that. So I am very familiar with this rat. I have seen I've lived in the Philadelphia area, which is a very strong union city. So okay. I've seen him around the city and I even saw him most recently in June. Yeah. At a construction site while I was uh, I was just north of Philly and he was out there protesting with two union members. Was it in, was it an inflatable rat or was it like. Yeah. Yeah. He was okay. inflatable. Okay. It's it's, okay. it's it's it is it, it is scabby. Two T. Gotcha. This is this this is the guy. Yeah, rats have actually been used as a symbol of labor disputes for 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 decades. Uh, workers fighting for workers fighting their employers for certain rights um, often involves wages or breaks or safety measures that they want want in place, um, or even being allowed to cook a gourmet dish at a small French bistro in Paris. Oh, that's Ratatouille. It's a Disney movie, right? <laughs> that is a Disney movie, but it is it does have a lot to do with labor rights. Yeah, you're right. It does. Wow. Well, I don't want to get sued by Disney. They're dicks about this shit. So let's move on. <laughs> Speaking of rights, right? Um, so about 30 years ago, a chapter of the International Union of Operating Engineers, someone had a picket sign that had a rat on it. That has morphed, that single drawing on a protest sign has morphed into rat costumes, dare I say furries, right? Uh, and also it gave birth to Scabby, the inflatable rat. They're commissioned as inflatables. Some people love it because it's a symbol of, of labor rising up to demand more rights. And some people hate it. And the people that hate it are the people on the other end of the labor dispute. There's occurrences of a woman actually stabbing Scabby with a butcher knife, which is just... <laughs> Sounds like the most Philadelphia thing ever. How how that not happen? <laughs> you know, uh, uh, honestly, I, Philadelphia loves its antisocial, malignant-looking mascots. I mean, we've got the Philly fanatic, who's the nicest of the bunch, but Scabby is pretty regular here. And then Gritty is our oh, yeah. <laughs> chef's kiss, perfect Philadelphia mascot. What is a Gritty? I, I, I have no idea. What you is, don't want to. You don't want to fucking find out. I I absolutely do. I'm interested in it. It's like bearded, googly eyed motherfucker. Okay, so here's what I want you to do tonight around two mm, thirty in the morning. I want you to open the curtains of your hotel room and look out, and you'll see what gritty is. He's your oh. worst fucking nightmare. Oh, I definitely know gritty. There's a guy in the parking lot here that has a bumper sticker that says "We don't call nine one one." It has a handgun on it. That's gritty. That's gritty. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't call 911 either, but like, I'm not going to shoot you anyway, whatever. So I, I believe that guy's just a Donald Trump voter. 
uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of them around here too. Uh, you know, um, not that there's a problem with that. It's just a fact. Um, you can vote for whoever you want, even if it is a fascist. Uh, <laughs> in this country, you can absolutely, yeah. A dispute arose recently where the rat was positioned in front of a construction company uh, that the that the workers were protesting. The, the construction workers put the rat in front of a construction company, but the company they're really protesting is an excavation company. So they're protesting with the rat with a company that they are not in a labor dispute with. All right, they're they're just kind of trying to shame them because they're doing business with the people who are fucking them over. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I think I follow. I, I'm picking up your breadcrumbs. I'm I'm eating your trail of cheese all the way to the end of the maze. Let's get there. It was not his intended target. It's essentially a shame campaign. Uh, and so the company that the construction company started, they petitioned the National Labor Relations Board, which is essentially it's, it's a government agency that kind of acts like a mini Supreme Court for U.S. labor law. Uh, and the, the board ruled that scabby can be can be used anywhere. Until 2020, when they signaled they might change the rules based on this case alone. So a, a person on behalf of retail businesses wrote a brief that positioned to the National Labor Relations Board, arguing that installing a giant rat outside any shop uh, is going to scare off customers. And that that what its purpose is. It signals to customers that there's a labor dispute and a customer might not go in to buy a wrench or get their car checked if they know that there's a, a problem going on. Yeah. And honestly, in a crowded urban environment, it might not be clear which business is actually being protested. And I say that, you know, when I was working down in Georgia, I was running I was running some beer stores. The Ku Klux Klan kept oh. trying to adopt the highway into town. Like like sponsored by the KKK? Yeah, like hi, this highway is sponsored by the KKK. They're they're doing all the cleansing, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I bet they are. So, yeah. But think about that from the point of view of a business operating in the town. Of course, we were against the KKK sponsoring the highway because that doesn't exactly scream, hey, come on in. You're welcome here. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. That, that, that's interesting. That's a little different because you're talking about you know, the road being essentially a public good. And so that's a little different than having well, a little rat in front of a business, I would say. But the the rat is being placed on public space. Yes. And conveying a message to people walking by that yeah. could have a negative business impact on other businesses in the area. Absolutely. You're 100% true. 100% true. So, but after months of deliberation, the, the board sided with the union in a three to one ruling. And they said that scabby can be placed anywhere for any reason in public because it's, it's essentially free speech. And the rationale they used uh, is because the Supreme Court, the real Supreme Court, has upheld far more offensive actions like cross burning and anti-homosexual signs at military funerals. Uh, and, that, Texas, and Texas abortion laws. And Texas abortion laws as recently. So if, if all of that is protected, certainly a giant rat is protected too. So good news, Scabby and his inflatable friends uh, can be used as part of a protest uh, wherever the unions want, essentially. Um, that decision can be appealed uh, and it's expected that this is going to be a continued fight, but I kind of, you know, I think the National Labor Relations Board got it right. For now. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> now, yeah, right. It's, it's a thing about, thing about you know, until someone, until the right asshole challenges it and then they completely change their decision. All right, so I've got one more question. This is coming from our Ask Reddit. So this is hmm. a more general uh, forum for asking questions, some of which are actually stupid. So this could be a stupid question. This could be a stupid question, but I'm going to leave that up to the audience to decide. All right. Uh, this is by user Flip and Skate, Skate spelled S-K number eight. Like, and the like, question, like, like Avril Lavigne spells it in Skater. Yeah, like skate, like a skater boy, not a hater boy. Yeah, no. But the question is, 
Who is someone alive today who will be remembered in 500 years? I think it's a good question. I don't think it's a stupid question at all. No, no, I don't think it's stupid. So I think our benchmark is, okay, the year is 2021. Yep. Who is somebody who was alive in 1521 that you remember? When was, uh, well, I mean, my, my, my timelines are just kind of skewed a little bit, but I do definitely remember like kings and queens and like medieval conquests, uh, like, uh, like, like they, all, all, all the famous white people that like ruled lands and shit from like the England. Uh, I, I remember not just white people, Matt, because I'm not a racist. Uh, we've uh, got, I, uh, it's, it's more of indictment as what's taught in schools. Not in, I'm sorry. Kubla Khan. Not on my, well, how about, how about Mansa Musa from West Africa? Okay. Yeah, good. You 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 you. It's more you an flex some, You flex some muscles there. It's more an indictment on the United on the, on our on our public school education than it is on my personal proclivities. I would say. Yeah. Uh, so let let's think of a couple people that we can use as a benchmark here. Uh, you know, Christopher Columbus is remembered. Zhang He, the a Chinese admiral, is remembered. Uh, I'm sure everybody is familiar with the uh, journeys of Zhang He. Uh, is it is it him? Zhang him? Zhang He. Jing He, I don't know him. His pronouns are Admiral. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. uh, how about, what about William Shakespeare? He's from the 1500s, right? William Shakespeare. I'll count him. I'll count yeah. him. Uh, Leonardo da Vinci. I almost said. I almost said Columbus again. He's got to like composers, right? Some some famous like composers. Yeah. So uh, Queen Elizabeth. Galileo. What is Galileo? Yeah, he had to be. He was around. Yeah, he's 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 around he's around there. I'm not really. I'm not 100 percent sure when. So the, okay, so we've established that like we leaders, rulers in pop culture, and like scientists. Right. So I, I guess the the question is, who is on par with those historical figures who are alive today? Beyonce. I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, I mean, like, you don't think she's as popular as like William Shakespeare was back in the day? She definitely, she's definitely is more popular than William Shakespeare. I don't know. I don't. It's tough because musical tastes change. Okay. I don't. Okay. I don't necessarily know because of the frequency with which music is created. I'm not sure that any musician is going to stand the test of time in the way that people 500 years ago when the printing press was first invented uh, have stood the test of time because there was a lot less competition. It was a smaller population. Okay. So that, so I, I, I don't know that artists are going to be remembered in the same way. Okay. As, well then, then, then my, my answer to that is like the person who's going to destroy democracy, Donald Trump, because he is, he is Nero. If we're going, if we're going with a real, <laughs> uh, you know, Nero is a Roman emperor who was absolutely batshit crazy. He's most famous for killing his unborn child and his wife because he couldn't wait nine months. So they like stabbed this like poor woman to get the baby out, killed both. The, I almost said the host, the mother and the child. He also is, is famous the for- The birthing unit. <laughs> yeah, right. He's also famous for when Rome was was literally burning, he was playing his violin in the middle of the street, right? That's, a, that's so like, I think that's, right. he's, the Donald, he's the Donald Trump of, of Roman times for sure. I don't know that- Don, I, The thing is, it's hard to say whether American political figures are going to stand the test of time because the country isn't even 500 years old yet. I mean, so, so there's definitely going to be references to it. I think that- I, yeah, I mean, the people who are known to historians aren't necessarily the same people that are like commonly known. Nuclear war. Whoever starts, whoever drops the next nuke is going to be remembered. How, like, 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 so we need, to th- we need to think about future events that are going to stand the test of time. Nuclear war. How about Jeff Bezos for, for coming up with, I, a, you know, 
I think I think depending on which billionaire wins the space race, you could have they, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, or Richard Branson could all be remembered because they're they're performing they're fantastically wealthy and they're perform and they're performing scientific advancement, which could which could dicks. change. <laughs> they, they, well, yeah, but they they could potentially change the trajectory of the human experience. How about the um, the first human to walk on Mars? That that person is going to be known 500 years from now. I think the way we the way we know about exploration and like the so, like s- several hundred years ago. So yeah, Neil Armstrong has passed away, but I think in 450 yeah. years he'll be remembered for sure. Yeah, and the next per- and the, that's the the first person to walk on Mars is definitely going to have that for sure. Uh, who do you think the first person is going to be? Matt Damon to, to walk on Mars? Well, he was the first person to get left on Mars. Uh, <laughs> I, I I mean. I like to think you would. I like to think it would be an American, uh, but it could be a Chinese uh, astronaut, citizen. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm not sure. I don't know. Who you got to be careful. You're, you have to finish that. You have to finish that sentence because you can't say it, it could be a Chinese. It, it could be a Chinese astronaut. Yes, thank you. You've got to. You've got to finish that sentence every time, or otherwise. Yeah, it was like. It was like, it, like God, this guy's talking about like. You can tell I'm like uncomfortable in a hotel room because I'm talking about all this shit I shouldn't be talking about publicly. Like, <laughs> I, I think it's an unfortunate statement about American society that we feel like hotels are public. I when I go to a hotel, I don't think of it as public. I think of it as the the the, the, the that's the place where filth lives. That's that's no, where you keep your secrets. I'm talking about it publicly because this is going to be. This is going to go live someday we'll, <laughs> unless I screw it up. But yeah, it's, this is definitely the Red Roof End is not is not is not known for its privacy. I'll tell you yeah, that. I think uh, I think Barack Obama could potentially be remembered in 500 years. As I was thinking the, the same thing. Uh, well, I, I, I said it first, so I win. Yeah, but I thought it first. <laughs> I, I know, but that's twice in one episode where you've claimed to be Tesla to my Edison. I think Ooh. you're I think you're oh. the Edison to my Tesla. Tesla is definitely going to be. But he's not alive. Elon Musk, then. He's the closest thing to it. <laughs> it was a company called Tesla. <laughs> You've, we've only mentioned men. Have you noticed that? Have we, I no, just, we mentioned Beyonce. And you shut it down immediately. So we can now have to talk about another. Out of ignorance uh, for, <laughs> for, for her cultural contribution. I think uh, whoever ends up being the first female president. And that person is certainly alive today. And that yeah, I, yeah. I, God, I, I, I hope, hope that person, I hope. I hope that person has been born. Otherwise, we are fucked. I, I think you know what? Bold of me to assume that we're going to continue to have new presidents. <laughs> well, we only, need, we only need one more for the rest of our lives, and we all know who that person will be the guy who owns a winery up a road. Up the road. Do you think Eric Trump's going to be president someday? I think he has more chance of of being president than anyone who's the last name of Clinton. <laughs> okay. Okay. Honestly, I think it depends on uh, political figures. It really depends on the survival of their nation. So we know a lot of British British monarchs because their civilization, their culture, their political unit has survived for more than five hundred years. We adopted so, British common law. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So I, I think a lot of our, our our political history is going to be wrapped up in whether or not the United States makes it for another 500 years. Uh, That said, I think the one person that I think who should be remembered in 500 years, I'm going to, I'm going to backtrack on my previous statement about artists, uh, Rick Reynolds. Oh, if we have done our job, people will remember him in perpetuity. Yeah. What about us? (laughs) Oh no. Just the nameless scribes writing his tale. 
And it's going to be like Kelsis, where they're, they're not really going to survive. They're just going to have like statues of my beard and shit like that. I kind of look like, <laughs> like Greek hair, you know? We're just going to be the nameless scribe who who carved Rick Reynolds' name into the... To the Mount Apples. Rushmore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we're going to add Rick Reynolds to, to Mount Rushmore. Uh, we're not going to do that because that's very offensive to the native peoples who hold that land sacred. It should never have been put there in the first place. But if it has to be there, shouldn't Rick Reynolds be up there four times instead of those lousy American presidents? And while we're at it, why don't we just change the name of Mount Rushmore to United from the album Portals in Progress? <laughs> is that what it say on the tab? <laughs> That's what it says. It's, it's, it's like the name of this is United. And then under that, it will say from the uh, from the album Portals in Progress by Rick Reynolds. Check him out on Spotify, Amazon and YouTube and Apple. And while, and while you're bored of Mount Rushmore, look on your phone and why don't you look up Wreck Your Pod. We are Wreck Your Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We have a Facebook group and a listener group, so make sure you're you're in both. So many options. Do we have a Discord yet? Uh, not until uh, not until after I log off and start one. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm still not 100 percent sure what a Discord is, but they sound cool. Um, it sounds like a band. You know, it's like, like a, I think it's like a chat room, but you can you can like store files. It's like a permanent chat room where you can store files and things like that. Oh, it is Mark Zuckerberg. He's not going to be remembered for ruining democracy. Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, Mark Zuckerberg is going to be the man. They're, they're just going to hang the albatross of democracy on him. <laughs> um, All right. <laughs> so if you find yourself online looking at a comparison between two completely unrelated jobs, wondering which one makes more money, and you don't have time to wait for our next episode, which drops every Tuesday, then we encourage you to, you know, just Google that shit. There's lots of information. It's really easy to find <laughs> stuff. I don't even, I, I'm not a, I'm not even 100% sure why you people listen to this podcast. But since you do listen to this podcast, between now and then, that far-flung future, we encourage you to check yourself. Don't wreck yourself. We are united, but we're so far apart.